Praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis on this beautiful Monday morning here in Queen City, Texas, Crossway Church here in the studio. Grab your Bibles, get ready to gather around 1 Peter chapter 4, and I'm sure without a doubt, I'm sure the Lord is going to attempt to impart His truth into our hearts so that our feet can be found walking in the path of righteousness. The truth of our Savior is what reveals, it's what shows us righteousness. And righteous, righteousness is the path that our Lord walks on. You know, the Bible says if we walk with Him, if we walk in the light, rather, as He is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. And the blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That light that he walks in, that he's found in, is the light of his righteousness. We know that because the Bible in Micah calls him our son, S-U-N, of righteousness. And the sun in the sky represents heat. And also because Psalms 37, 6 says that our God has made our righteousness as unto the light. And our righteousness is our righteous Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, through what he did at Calvary. There is no light that shines from heaven except that which shines through the cross onto the pages of God's word, and then we'll have a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. You, the Lord will never fail you. You might think he's failing you, but he can never fail. He will never fail. And if we'll come back to the place where he's gathering his people around the sacrifice, we will see things as we should be seeing things. I want to say that we are here every Monday morning and Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. And again, we're teaching right now 1 Peter chapter 4. And uh, I hope that you'd get your Bibles. We're living in the most exciting time uh, that there's ever been to be, to, to be a child of God right now. For us who are children of God and on this earth right now is the most precious time uh, that there's ever been. God is once again in the midst of all the darkness, in the midst of all the deception in the church, God is drawing his people back out of all of that to gather around the sacrifice. There is where he is reviving his people. There is where he is wake, awakening his people, and you can recognize them. They carry the message of redemption. They carry the message of Christ crucified. They are learning to walk more determined than ever before to know absolutely nothing but Christ Jesus and Him crucified. They are learning to see all the words of God dipped in the blood of the Lamb. All the words of God dipped in the blood of the Lamb. These you will find as God's ministers of righteousness. You know, the other day uh, on the way home from our evangelistic outreach in Texarkana, the Lord asked me this question. How? And when He asked me questions, He's really telling me something. It's, it's the way he does uh, many times. But he asked me, how can you recognize someone who appears to be a minister of righteousness who is only someone, the Bible claims, 
is as a minister of righteousness. They, they appear as a minister of righteousness, but they are not truly a minister of righteousness. Well, uh, you know, and that question to me, really he asked me that because here lately there's been a, a lot of, of people that the Lord is revealing they have the wrong Jesus you know, uh, it all began about two or three weeks ago when the question came on one of, I think it was Andrew's podcast, The Scarlet Thread, someone asked the question, are Catholics justified? And I thought about that, you know, and if you're not careful and you don't know the scriptures, uh, you could easily say, well, they believe Jesus died on the cross, so they must be justified. But the issue with that is, is which Jesus are they talking about? Because if you get Jesus wrong, you get if you get the sacrifice wrong, then you've got the wrong Jesus. And the Bible clearly says that there will be men preaching other Jesuses. And so if you think Jesus died on the cross for your redemption, then you will not go to a man and ask him to seek God on your behalf and forgive you and, 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 and tell you what to do so you can be forgiven. That proves you don't really believe Jesus is the one who forgave you of your sins. You still think there's other things. So my, the point is there are other Jesuses. I mean, the, the, the Jesus who uh, has Lucifer as his brother. That, that's not just getting some things wrong, my friend. That, that is another Jesus, the, the Jesus who many today teach was defeated at Calvary and went to hell to suffer so that we could be saved. That is not just getting some things wrong about the Jesus. That is another Jesus. And so the Lord asked me that question so that he could reveal to me that we must know Jesus through the scriptures in the light of the cross and if we do, the Holy Spirit then will be able to guide us and teach us uh, the truths of God's Word, which without Christ and the sacrifice, we will always be confused. We'll always have things distorted, twisted. Uh, the lady the other day told us that she didn't believe in the Trinity. She, she believed that Jesus is the Son of God, but that He was conceived at some point before before the creation of the world, some eternity passed that, that the Son, Jesus, came out of the Father. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, and I thought, well, may, we just disagree on that, but at least we believe Jesus died for our sins. But the issue with that, and that is what caused the great the thought process and then the question of the Lord to come as it did to reveal to me that some folks just got the wrong Jesus. It's not some. Sometimes it's not just uh, got some things wrong about the Jesus. They got some things wrong because they got the wrong Jesus. We have to be very careful about that. The Jesus of the Bible uh, has always been God. The Bible says He is the Lord that came from heaven. Hallelujah. 
and the Lord was never conceived, gave birth to by the Father, except in fleshly form through the virgin so he could redeem us from sin. He was never conceived before the foundation of the world as we know conception and conceiving in the natural. Now, he, he, there's always been the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And she also told us that she didn't believe that the Spirit of God is God. So see, it's very possible this lady has got the wrong Jesus. And that's what triggered uh, this, this, this mind, this people are so many people. And this goes with what we're going to be talking about today. I didn't know it, but it, it, it is going to, that so many people today have the wrong Jesus. It's not just... Uh, got some things wrong about Jesus. They've got the wrong Jesus. Uh, you know, the Jesus of the Bible uh, came and gave his life to purchase our souls so that we could daily deny ourselves, take up our cross, faith in what he did for us, and follow him. That without that reality in our lives by faith, that we are not following Christ. And therefore, we can make up other things, and when we do then we start following uh, some other gospel that's not a gospel, some other way of salvation, meaning another Savior. That's what Jesus, the word Jesus means, is Savior. So when we trust in another way, we're trusting in another Savior, another way of salvation, if it's not Jesus and his death on Calvary's cross alone, period. He finished it, he perfected it, he completed it, and declared it finished from the cross, not the resurrection. It was finished from the cross. There's where he began his reign. He defeated, triumphed over all principalities and powers, made an open show of them, in his cross, Colossians 2, 14 through 16. So think about that as we move through these scriptures that we are here. And the Lord has instructed me today to stay right here in these first two Bible verses of 1 Peter chapter 4 because it is of utmost importance. If we do not understand that as God's people, as followers of Christ... We have been called to walk in his footsteps. We have been called to arm ourselves with the same mind that he had. And we'll see it again this morning. And what we'll see is that our Savior's suffering and our partaking of that fellowship in his sufferings is the only avenue, let me say it again, it's the only avenue of experiencing deliverance from the sin nature, the bondage of the sin nature. It, it won't happen anywhere else. The message of the cross is an offense. It's the message of God's love. It's the man God's showing me this recently. People want to hear about the love of God, but they don't want to hear about the cross. That means they're really not wanting to hear about the true message of God's love. Because the message of God's love is the message of the cross. And if the message of the cross is an offense, then the message of God's true love according to the word, which is the manna, the cross is the manifestation of God's love. So we got to be very careful that we're not just wanting to hear about love and not the cross because if we are, that's just our flesh 
That's just our flesh, and it's not being denied. It's not suffering. It's not su- our flesh is not suffering through the denial of self, which our flesh taking up the cross to be able to see and follow our Savior. It always brings about suffering. Sometimes I think we've thought that suffering is only coming from out toward us, other people uh, criticizing and persecuting. But listen, suffering starts right here at home, right here. The suffering of the flesh not getting its way, but not by me doing something. I, I've, I've heard many stories. One years ago, a, a man who was really a highly respected man and deacon in a church and and uh, he, he told the story how he'd go to Walmart and fill his buggy full of things that he'd really like to have, uh, but then, then he'd go back and put them on the shelf, and he was denying himself of these things. And, and today he'd probably deny that he, he was telling, but he, he really told that in that sense as, as denying himself. And, and that's really the reality for most of what is true Christianity today because they don't know what the experience is. Uh, They think it's going to church and just reading their Bible and praying every once in a while and giving every once in a while in the offering plate or or even faithfully to read their Bible study or to give or to be in church, whatever. But it's how you live for God, not what you do. It's how you live for God. And so most of the church doesn't, doesn't understand that it's not denial of self to to just to look like you're denying self, the, the result, and this is so important that we know this, uh, the, the biblical, the scriptural fruit of self-denial is a trust in the sacrifice of Christ. I'm denying my flesh so that it won't rule over me only by accepting deliberately and consciously what Christ did for me, here it comes, and to me at Calvary. And today, in this moment, I must arm myself. It does not happen in some weird way. My mind must be in it. I said my mind must be in it. Your mind was in it when you got saved or you still ain't saved. It didn't just happen to you. You had to consciously and deliberately hear the gospel, be convicted by the Spirit of God that you were a sinner and accept what he was offering you to deliver you from your sinful guilt, shame, and state that you were in. And you consciously and deliberately accepted that truth of the gospel. And when you did, you were born again. Nothing changes after that in in this aspect. That is what you must keep your faith in the rest of your life. And we don't know that as Christians. We've not heard that as Christians. That's why we can have the blanket statement all our lives. Well, of course we believe in the cross, but be living defeated lives defeated lives and the devil whispering the whole time giving us all the reasons our flesh needs to hear as to why we're living defeated lives because nobody's perfect nobody's perfect we understand nobody's perfect there won't be perfection till we see Jesus the perfect one but we hear these lies we hear these facts but we don't live by facts we live by faith in the truth the word of God so 
<coughs> know these things. Learn these things. Christianity does not just happen. Of course we believe in the cross. But do we understand that that's the only place that we've come into a place of unity with our Savior? That's why we're told to reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto the sin nature. Romans 6, 11, Colossians 3 and 3. You are dead, hidden with Christ in God. You, you, listen, the, the, the resurrection life and power that we received as Christians is to live the crucified life. We'll see that today in the scriptures here in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. Let's read this this morning. And, and there's not going to be a lot of folk that will ever accept this. Because, the, I mean, the flesh is, is, is really just, a, it's a lying bag of, of flesh. It, it will lie, lie, lie. It, the flesh is a professional at deceitfully framing words to make us think we're right in tune with God when we are deceived and slain by the sin nature. Romans chapter 7 teaches that's, that's, that is what is happening for right now. No matter what kind of goosebumps and chill bumps and hairs moving on your arm, that is the state of every Christian who is not trusting in the sacrifice of Christ. Not the blanket statement. Well, of course we believe in the cross. No, your place of unity in the death of Jesus where you became one with him. Do you understand that? The power that you have received as a Christian only flows in experience out of the death of Jesus. That's why the Holy Spirit is pointing you moment by moment to the death of Christ so that you can be changed by what you're seeing. That very image, 2 Corinthians 3.18 and the other verse was 2 Corinthians 4.11. The Holy Spirit's turning you over, delivering you who are alive always unto the death of Jesus. Now, if you listen to me and you're sick of hearing that, that's your flesh. Our flesh is, is, is listen, our flesh is always looking for the platform of law to be able to carry out its imaginary powers. Imaginary powers, like we're doing so. Let me say that again. Our flesh is always looking for the platform of law so that it can carry out its, its imagined powers. But my Bible tells me it's only imagined. It's really chains of bondage deceiving me and slaying me I think I'm living for God, but I'm not. I think I have a name that I'm alive and really have it going on, but I'm dead. That's what Paul said about himself in Romans chapter 7. That's what the Lord said about the church in Sardis in Revelation chapter 3. And here's something that we need to understand and see in the Bible before we move into this today. And The Lord's really been sharing this with me, reminding me of this. And that is the church of Laodicea. Jesus was outside the door knocking to get back into fellowship with his people. They had his spirit. Oh, let me say that again. They had his spirit. 
But he was not in fellowship with them because even though they had his spirit, God does not take his spirit away when he gives it to the child of God just because we do dumb stuff, just because we go down a wrong avenue. But it doesn't mean that we're in fellowship with the one whose spirit we have. You understand that? That's a very important story in the Bible in the New Testament about the church. Jesus knocking on the door. If any man hear my voice and open this door, I'll come in and sup with them and them with me. Think about that. They had his spirit, but they were not by his spirit in fellowship with him. That requires your legitimate, your deliberate, your conscious faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Cannot be trusting in anything else. You cannot be. He will be knocking on the door. That's why there is a revival taking place. But it's God gathering his people back to the place they began to live. And that's the focus of the Lamb. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 4, verse 1. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. Let's talk about that. For as much as you realize, as much as you know, as much as you understand, as much as you're willing to look into, as much for as much as you're willing to accept that Christ suffered in his flesh for you, will you ever arm yourselves likewise with the same mind? You have to understand, my friend, what Jesus did at Calvary was far more than getting us a seat in heaven. It was also to walk us through this life, this journey, bearing the fruit of our new husband. We've been given his spirit. And if we're in fellowship with him, we can bear the fruit of being married to our new husband, Jesus Christ, Romans 7, 4. But if we're not trusting in the sacrifice from the heart, and preachers are not even doing that. If they were, that'd be their message. They'd quit putting everything else on the table like it's edible. It's not edible. The flesh and the blood of Jesus. That's what we drink. That's what we eat. All the Bible does not distract from the sacrifice. It enhances the beauty of it. I said all the topics and doctrines in God's Word does not distract from the sacrifice of Christ, it enhances the beauty of it. It allows us to partake more of it. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves just like that. That's what likewise means. Likewise with the same mind. Because he that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Now Jesus suffered in his flesh to forgive us of our sin so that we could cease being bound by the sin nature. You understand? That's what Romans chapter 6 teaches and reveals. And just because we've taught that and other people have taught that for uh, getting close to 30 years doesn't mean by any means that most of the church has heard it, 
doesn't mean by any means that, that the ones who really have ever heard it have accepted it. We need to be preaching this. We need to be teaching this all the way across that finish line. The fire that was there years ago needs to be burning brighter today. If my Jesus in Micah 4 and 2 is called my son of righteousness, S-U-N, that means that he is the one who is the path my feet has been set in him. He's my path of righteousness. He is my righteousness. And I've been set in the way of his righteous footsteps. Psalms 85 and 13. If he is my son of righteousness, that proves that the path he has brought me into, the path of righteousness, that's how it shines more unto that perfect day, Proverbs 4.18, because I'm following, following the one who is the son of my righteousness. Hallelujah. Oh, how beautiful that is. But in that path, my friend, there is suffering. I'm not talking about suffering from sickness. I'm not talking about suffering from a car accident. I'm not talking about... No, no, no. Suffering because our faith is in the sacrifice of Christ. Our unity is with Christ in His death. That, that's what the, our God, the God of the Bible, says the power is found in the preaching of the cross, not just to be saved, but unto us who are saved. Hallelujah. Everybody else uh, is perishing. Don't think for a second the church can't be perishing. If I'm told by my Jesus I'm dead, that means I'm perishing away from the move of God, away from the move of the Spirit of God, away from the plan of God. I'm I'm dead. I'm I'm doesn't mean I'm I've lost my soul, but it means I could very well be on the way of losing my soul. But it does mean I am unfruitful. Galatians chapter 5 teaches that. Folks might be sick of hearing this, but our mission is to be used by God to, to, for His reach through us to awaken those who are sleeping, to awaken those back to a place of the living, to be revived. It cannot happen, my friend. And the good news is that God, this message of the cross, not only revives those who find themselves dead, but it keeps us alive if we keep touching it with our hearts. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's so beautiful and wonderful. The picture of our Lamb slain on Calvary's cross, that where God called us and, and immersed us into and is now moment by moment, moment transforming us, conforming us into that image and allowing us to behold it as in a mirror watching what He's doing to us, in us, and through us. Only in the reflection of the cross. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 3.18 The glory of the Lord we behold is the suffering of our Savior at Calvary and what it gave us. Hallelujah. In that He humbled Himself, became obedient unto death because He was trusting in the one, his heavenly father, who judges righteous judgment. First Peter chapter 2. Read it and shout the high praises of God. That's what we're being made conformable to. Nothing else. And as long as we're beholding what God did in Christ at Calvary, then we can, by the Spirit of God, go from glory to glory, being made conformable, changed into that 
that same image. Hallelujah. The, the, oh, a beautiful picture uh, that, that the cross of Christ is the mirror that we behold and that we don't have to pretend and we don't have to just hope it's working. We can watch as in a mirror our Lord changing us into what pleased Him on Calvary's cross. Hallelujah. It's so beautiful. I, listen, I... <coughs> It amazes me at how easy we can be moved away from the focus of the Lamb. But when we are, in the name of anything else, even what is deceitfully sounding so wonderful and that we need to go learn other things, we move away from the place we can learn anything. Because our our Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, said that we cannot be His disciples without taking up the cross and following Him. Luke 14, 26 and 27. The word disciple means learner. When our faith is not deliberately and consciously in the sacrifice of Christ, we are not being taught by the Holy Spirit. We cannot learn. There is no avenue of learning except through the blood. The blood of Jesus gave us our eyesight when we trusted in that. It's what keeps our eyesight. It's what brought us near to God. Ephesians 2.13 It's what keeps us near to God. Revelation 3 and 20. It, it, it is our focus. It is our focus. And we need never forget that. But if it is our focus, if it is our message, if it is what we're striving for, then suffering is inevitable. Suffering of this flesh being denied, not just suffering coming from without. Listen, a child of God, his own flesh suffers because, again, it screams constantly, my flesh, your flesh, it's constantly screaming for a platform of law so that it can be exalted as it's doing something. And listen, it's only a vain imagination. It's only that which can exalt itself above the knowledge of God. The flesh screaming for a platform of law so that it can show forth its vain and only imaginary powers that seem to be there which are really destroying me, really deceiving me, really, according to the Scriptures, slaying me, according to the Scriptures. Let me say that again. The flesh screams nonstop looking for a platform of law. That's why it takes the message of the cross to deliver me or anyone from that mindset of law. The Christian, when we're born again, we are delivered from the law. We're redeemed from under the curse of the law. But this flesh runs so quickly back to the law of doing. And there we, 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 we will find, only find, not God condemning us, but our hearts condemning us because we cannot carry out the law. The law, the righteousness of the law is only fulfilled in the heart that's walking after the Spirit. And to be found walking, listen carefully, Galatians 5 and 2 Corinthians 3.18, to be found walking after the Spirit is to be found going from glory to glory by the Spirit, being made conformable into that image of glory that we're beholding. 
which is the lamb slain, hallelujah. <clears throat> Suffering is inevitable for those who walk by faith in the sacrifice. Suffering, let me say this this morning, that suffering, the world is full really of nothing but suffering. The lost world of Adam suffers. That's all they do is suffer because they're lost. If you're lost, all you can do is suffer without God. Think about that. There is nothing but suffering without God. I would rather have my part in the suffering that comes because I'm walking with my God, because I'm trusting in what Christ did for me in his own suffering, in his own flesh. And, and my testimony becomes that. I become less and less ashamed of the gospel. We say we're not ashamed of the gospel, but then we make up all these other excuses as to why we're not sharing the gospel. We make up all these other, uh, and, and listen, it's only the flesh. It's only the flesh. When the cross begins to be loosed from our messages, when it's loosed from what we're really trusting in, that's flesh finding a little bit of a platform of law because it's either the cross and grace or self and law. That's all that exists in the entire world spiritually. It's the cross and grace or it's self and law. That's all that exists spiritually in the world. That's all that exists. And it takes my deliberate and conscious faith from the heart, broken down, surrendered, leaning on, trusting in my union with my Christ, my Savior, in His suffering and death for me at Calvary. There's where I find my hiding place, not just from a, a world, but my hiding place from this old, my flesh that constantly screams to be exalted and will be if I allow it to have a platform of law. And I don't keep my place through faith in the death of my Savior. That's where I find my hiding place. That's where I find my refuge. Not just from false doctrines of other men, but from the screaming flesh, my own screaming flesh. It's the first thing that's got to suffer. It, listen, if you listen, th this is why, this is why we fall prey and suffer the lust of other men because we've not learned yet how to cling to Calvary in every situation to cause our, the suffering that our flesh is trying to bring upon us through its reigning. We've not caused it to suffer through faith in the sacrifice. Think about that. Either your flesh is going to be denied and suffering because it can no longer rule, which makes it scream louder, by the way, and because in that place, in that faith, you've armed yourself likewise with the same mind of Christ. Christ lived his entire life without one act of selfishness. He lived an entire life of selflessness. And his selflessness is the only selfishness selflessness I can experience. I can't work hard to be selfless. He did the work for me. 
I cannot even really deny myself unless I'm taking up my cross to follow him. That is where the power comes from to deny self, what he did in his suffering and his death for me. We have to understand that. If self will be denied, it's only through my faith in in what crucified him. Its lust and its affections, Galatians 5 tells me, have already been crucified when I trusted the very first moment in Christ and his sufferings and his death. His crucifixion is my crucifixion. That's where my flesh and its lust and affections were crucified. Galatians 5 tells us that. Oh, we need to read our Bibles and we need to be learning the way of the cross because if we're not, it's because our flesh is having a little leeway and it's got its foot on some platform of legalism and law somewhere. Even those now who are moving away from the cross, wanting to use different phrases, in different terms, it's because their feet are reaching for another platform of law. Remember, it's only the cross and grace are self and law. I'm talking about the law of the old where you have to work to do this and work to do that. We are called to works, good works. We've been ordained to walk in good works, Ephesians 2.10, but they're only and exclusively in Christ Jesus where the Spirit of God works. That means our faith in the death of Christ Jesus. There's where the work began and there's only pla- the only place where the work can be carried out. But in that place, my friends, is suffering. The flesh, first of all, will suffer. The flesh is the first thing. Our own personal flesh is the first thing we're going to experience the suffering of. The denial of our own screaming, lustful flesh. Many are listening to this broadcast. And you're thinking, well, what about all the things we're called to do all the th- as a church? And you should be doing. The Bible says we can do all things, but it's through Christ Jesus. It's by his faith that we live and move and have our being. Galatians 2.20, the faith we live by is the faith of the Son of God. We need to understand that. We need to know these things. Watch now. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, that means what he did at Calvary, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Suffering. And this means... Faith in his sacrifice, his suffering for us. For he that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Jesus suffered in his flesh, and the work is finished, perfected, and complete forever for our deliverance from sin. Jesus will never do another thing to deliver us from sin. He did it. He finished it. He's not going to do anything else to deliver us from sin. It's been done. It cannot be added to because it was perfect. We don't understand perfect unless we understand the cross. It was perfect. I cannot add anything to what Jesus did to save myself because the work was done, completed. It's perfected. So he suffered in his flesh and his work to save humanity from sin so that we can cease from 
the guilt and the shame and the power of sin dominating our lives, the, the sin nature, that old man, has been done. And if we arm ourselves so with the same mind, and we could very easily tie this into Ephesians chapter 6 and the other scriptures that say arm yourself, with the, put on the armor of light, put on the whole armor of God, arm Arm yourselves. Put on the armor of light. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on Christ. Put on the new man. Why are we told as Christians to put these things on? Because moment by moment, we don't have them on. Every moment of our lives, we are not trusting in the sacrifice of Christ. And it's in those moments we do all the big pieces of stupid that we do. And it should make us cry out to be found. Lord, I need your help to be found striving for the faith of the gospel every moment of my life, fighting the good fight of faith every moment of my life. Hallelujah. Not a prayer in the morning that carries me through the day. Not a Bible verse in the morning that carries me through the day. Praying in the morning is good. Praying in the morning is good. The Bible says, though, pray without ceasing. That means a life of prayer. Hallelujah. Studying the Word of God. Being planted in the house of the Lord. Uh, giving to the work of God. Those are all things we're called to do and they're all good. But all those things in and of themselves won't bring about the arming, the arming that we have to be armed with. We're told here to arm ourselves with the same mind that Christ had was the mind that would bring about suffering. His, his suffering and his death brought about our fellowship with his suffering. Because only there, my friend, are you going to experience the deliverance from the sin nature. You can talk about the cross. You can, you, you can preach the cross. But you've got to have your faith. That means your heart surrendered to Romans 6 yielded to the truth of the cross, your unity with him in death so that you can experience the life and the power that's been offered you there to live and live a godly life. Hallelujah. Listen, let's read it again. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That, and this word means the bondage of the sin nature. We, we've been forgiven. We've been pardoned. But we also have received power that we can experience if we keep our faith in the slain lamb. If we arm ourselves with this same mind. And if we do, suffering is inevitable. Again, let's say it this morning. The message that saves and delivers is an offensive message. First and foremost, to my flesh. Then secondly, it's an offense to the religious heart of man, which is still flesh. That's what all religion is. That's not faith in the sacrifice of Christ, and it's just man's religion. That's all it is. It's flesh. It's men's flesh. And when you preach the cross and you teach the Bible in the light of the cross, 
and the Lord stirs your heart and He's drawing you closer, that's what the Bible calls becoming more determined to know absolutely nothing other than by the church, just always has been even in Israel's day. Remember, they killed the prophets. And Jesus said that they wrote about Him. So imagine that. They wrote about Him, spoke about Him, but they, but they killed them. Think about that. Is the church any different today? That says we need to move on from the focus of the Lamb. We need to move on from the focus of the cross. No, my friend, we need to move more into view using the Word of God of the Lamb because that is what we have to be beholding to be changed into His image. Hallelujah. You're not getting around it. And words, listen, people trying to talk us out of using the word cross, trying to talk us out of being focused on the cross of Christ are men who are deceitfully framing words to bring forth this light that is not a light that would draw us away from the true path of righteousness. So think about that. And look at the reason here in verse 2 that without verse 1, verse 2 is not going to be an experience. It's not going to happen. We're going, we're going to be found not knowing it. We're going to be ignorant of it. That our flesh, let me say it again this morning, never, ever, ever stops screaming and begging for a platform of law to put its feet on so that it can exalt itself above the knowledge of God, which is the way of the cross. Never forget it. Verse 2, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. Now here we see two things which are contrary one to the other. One's the way of the spirit. One's the way of the flesh. One is the way of the cross. One is to the lust of the flesh, the lust of men. Get this. Why? If I don't arm myself with the same mind of suffering that Christ had, that doesn't mean I go out and cause my suffering. That doesn't mean sickness suffering. Christ was not sick. The, 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 the suffering that his mind was armed with was his carrying the cross all the days of his life, and then up the hill the last day to die for you and me. He was armed with suffering because he walked the narrow way. He never moved away from his journey to Calvary. He never moved away from beholding the commandment his father gave him to lay his life down and to raise it again, John 10 and 18. And he says, Jesus said, that's why I have power to do these things because I have this commandment from my father. But watch, let's read verse 2 again. That is the fruit, the benefit of arming ourselves with that mind of suffering that Christ had. This is the, this is the fruit of that if we'll grab a hold of Calvary and never let it go and allow the Holy Spirit to walk us into more of what He is delivering us unto always, which is the death of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4.11 
that he no longer, me, that I don't have to any longer live the rest of my time in the flesh, allowing my flesh to put its feet on legalistic platforms and declare, look what we're doing. Oh, God's shown us the way now. Oh, this is the move of God. This is that new thing that God is doing. Oh, my friends, it's just another place on the platform of legalities that the flesh can exalt itself and say, look what we're doing. See, the cross eliminates that. I said the cross of Christ eliminates that. And my friend, in the elimination of the lust of men, the lust that's of our own flesh is suffering. Are you willing to love your Jesus with the love he loved you with? Are you willing to arm yourselves with the same mind that he was of? You can only do that to begin with if you look to Calvary. You can only experience what we're talking about, not by hearing a message like this, but by willing to yield your heart to the only way your Savior ever walked, which was the way of righteousness. And he, instead of reviling back, he, instead of threatening when threatened, trusted the one who judges righteously. 1 Peter 2, 20-23. Read it and shout the high praises of God. That's what we're being made conformable to. How much of that are you experiencing in your life? Well, I promise you, if you're not hearing the message of the cross, very little, if any at all. Because all the other teaching and all the other preaching that does not include the message of what God says His power is and comes from is only going to make room on a platform of legalities that flesh loves to stand on. Oh, my goodness. Watch now. Verse 2, that he no longer... Oh, I like, the, I like that. Man, when the message of the cross, I begin to hear it and I, I begin to accept it in my heart, believe it, and the Holy Spirit began to walk my feet in this path of deliverance, which is truth, which is the way of the cross. I'm telling you, I begin to shout, hallelujah. I might have thrown away and wasted many years, but I no longer, hallelujah, I no longer have to live the rest of my time in the flesh. And this is not talking about just the flesh of the worldly things that have an obvious appearance of alcoholism and drug addiction and adulteries after the flesh. But this is, I no longer have to live in spiritual adultery where I'm cheating on my husband Jesus by trusting in what I do. Oh, somebody's going to hear this today and find deliverance in Christ. Somebody today is going to find the freedom and the liberty that's found in the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. Where they can proclaim, I no longer have to live the rest of my time in the flesh to the lust of men, to the lust of what men want from me to the lust of my own flesh of what it begs for. I no longer have to live according to the lust of men, but now to the will of God. Hallelujah. Now to the will of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Watch this now. Verse 3. Because in time past of our life, it may have sufficed us to have 
wrought, worked the will of the Gentiles. Let's talk about when we were lost. <clears throat> when we walked in lasciviousness, which means licentiousness, lusts, licentiousness, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, that means that party spirit, and abominable idolatries, putting everything in place of God. I don't need God. I just need a place to exalt myself, to do what I want with who I want, where I want, how I want, why I want, where I want. Me, myself, and I, that three-headed hideous monster, that is the lost world of Adam. But there's far too much of it in the church today. And that monster exists everywhere. And every that, that three-headed hideous monster of self exists everywhere where there is not a deliberate conscious faith in the union of our death with Jesus Christ. On the only place I can arm myself with the same mind he had to deliver to, to, to experience his, his delivering power from that raging sin nature, not just the sin nature, but that raging, screaming voice that never ends of me, 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 that flesh again this morning that screams for a platform of law so that it can exalt itself above the knowledge of God, above the way of the cross. Let's go. We got the cross, my friends. Let's move on. Oh, there's a platform being offered there for the foot to stand on that now self will be exalted. There is no way around it, but it will bring about suffering that is not suffering because of righteousness. There is suffering. Let me say it again today. The world is full of nothing but suffering. The lost world of Adam can't do anything but suffer because they're millionaires and billionaires is no escape from the suffering of being lost and without God. Money can't stop suffering. It might stop you being hungry, but there is an inner hunger that cannot be quenched without the precious blood of Jesus. So therefore, the entire lost world of Adam, without God, without Christ, they're suffering unimaginable. You know what it's like. You were there. And now let's talk about the suffering that's in the church, which is also twofold. We're suffering with, we, we should not be suffering anything familiar or similar to the sufferings we were brought out of, but yet we do. Why? Because our flesh longs and reaches for and sprints to any avenue of law that we've been delivered from to be able to exalt itself. And it's so deceitful and so deceiving because the flesh will even use scriptures, the law, which is good, holy, and just, but only to deceive us. And we wake up, hopefully one day, and realize we've been slain, deceived and slain, by the sin nature because we were not trusting from our hearts in our union with Christ in his death. Think about it. Think about it. It's the only place of deliverance. It's the only avenue of being armed 
Those, I need to talk about this for a minute, and we don't have but about five minutes left. When we avoid the offense of the cross, we avoid suffering that we've been called to. That we've been called to. If the Bible tells us to arm ourselves with the same mind Christ had, and he's speaking of suffering, if we avoid the offense of the cross, we're avoiding suffering. And obviously here, what we see is if we're avoiding this kind of suffering, then we're automatically experiencing the suffering that we should not be experiencing, the suffering of the flesh. Think about it. Now I want to read a couple of scriptures to you this morning. The first one is 2 Timothy 1 and 8. Be not thou, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to to the power of God. You see, we're called to be partakers of the affliction that the gospel brings according to the power of God, which is the preaching of the cross. We know that from 1 Corinthians 1.18 and Galatians 6.14 that tells us our boast, God forbids that we be found boasting in anything other than the cross of Christ. Men will try to milk that down and turn that into something else only because their feet, according to the flesh, are looking for a legal platform to get some credit for something. That's the only, only thing that we can be found do, involved in unless we're holding in the heart the suffering and the death of Jesus Christ. That is where we partake of the afflictions of the gospel. That's not talking about the afflictions of cancer, the afflictions of, 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 of a car accident, the afflictions of a divorce, unless that divorce is because of your trust in the gospel and that spouse leaves you because of your partaking of the gospel, your trusting in the sacrifice of Christ and not all the other fleshly things. There's been many spouse leave a spouse because they just won't go the way of suffering through faith in the sacrifice because they love that platform of law. Now, they don't know this. It's called deceitful deception. They don't know this, and it will be no excuse. They remain dead, non-fruit-bearing, because the Holy Spirit will never work in anyone's life while they're standing on the platform of legalism. He, won't do it. he saved you from that. But our flesh longs to run back after that and one of the main reasons is, is because we're trying to avoid the affliction that comes with the gospel. Think about Moses, all that he had opportunity to have. And it says he, 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 he didn't no longer want to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, but chose rather to suffer the reproach of Christ. Now it says that in the New Testament about an Old Testament saint, Moses. He chose rather to suffer the reproach of Christ than to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Think about that. So that was 2 Timothy 1 and 8. Let's read one more this morning. Philippians 3 and 10. Paul says that I may know him. And then he reveals the avenue of which we learn more of him. And the power of his resurrection, which is what? 
Where is it found? Where's the, where's the power of Christ's resurrection found? In the fellowship of his sufferings. What's the experience of that? Being made conformable unto his death. See, this is not happening in anybody's life when their faith is not deliberately and consciously in the death of Jesus. It's an impossibility. It cannot, cannot happen. We're told what to do in the Bible. It takes our faith in the cross deliberately and consciously to be found in the doing of what we've been told to do. To arm ourselves with the same mind that Christ had, a mind of suffering. Being willing to suffer to see the will of God carried out. And He did that for us so that our faith in Him, in His death, and our unity with Him there in that death, not just forgiven, but our hiding place through our faith in that death. Not just forgiven, but our place where, where we find deliverance from self moment by moment. Because suffer, we will. But will it be we suffering because of the flesh that we're living according to? Or will it be the suffering of righteousness? with the fruit of right because of righteousness. One is self-induced suffering. The other is because self is being denied and we're clinging to that nail-scarred hand and literally, deliberately, consciously surrender to the truth of my position in the death of Jesus. That here in my condition, I may be able to be found by God armed with that same mind so that I no longer have to be found living unto the lust of men, but I can walk in the will of God. The will of God is only found in the way of the cross. It's been a wonderful broadcast today. I'm so glad you found us online. We're here every Monday morning, Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time, where this is what you will hear, no matter where we are in the Bible, because the more you allow the Holy Spirit to show you the death of Jesus, which is the only thing He delivers you unto always, then you will begin to then see every jot and tittle is about Christ. That literally the volume of the book is written of our Savior. He is the living Word of God, desiring more than anything else to express who He is as the living Word of God in our hearts, and through our lives as the fruit for others to see. I love you so much, and I'm so thankful for all of you that support the preaching of the word, of the truth, of the gospel here at Crossway Church. Praying for us, sowing finances into this ministry. We're so appreciative for everything that God stirs your heart to do to Him, for Him, alongside us, arms linked, arm in arm, helping us walk in the mission God's carried out for you and for us. And you, if the Lord does stir your heart to give to this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com. You can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. I pray that you check out our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. You'll find everything we do there on that YouTube channel. 
And uh, we have a website, thecrosswaychurch.com. You can click on the store icon and see the things that are available to you there. And uh, we're, just, we're just so thankful for everything the Lord is doing right in this moment because He is about to pull the curtain on this age that we've been in. For a 2,000-year period, it is coming to a rapid close. And then He's going to come for us, take us home for a short season, and then bring us back to reign with Him for a 1,000 years. And I am ready for that moment right now. God bless you. I love you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.